you know, we're official uh, learning to lead clubhouse and we meet every Saturday at 9.30 to 10.30 Pacific Standard Time. And this clubhouse is really designed to give us a forum to talk about everything leadership, you know, anything that you might be struggling with and to tap into the wisdom of the group that's here. Um, let's see here. So, uh, so it, I just want to point out that there's leaders of all levels in here. And again, it should be a safe environment where you feel very comfortable talking about whatever, you know, again, you're struggling with sharing your experience with others. That's really the whole focus of what we're trying to do here. Um, we, uh, we have, we're going to have a great topic today about burnout, and we'll introduce that in just a moment. But just a few housekeeping things is uh, just fault. We really encourage you to follow our clubhouse. Um, you'll get regular notifications about our topics and information about how, how to access our recaps. And we also encourage you to follow us uh, at follow the others and follow the, the, the hosts, Kelly and I, as well as others in the room, uh, because you, you'll be tapping into those folks that may be able to um, you can reach out to and you, you can build your network. Um, I'll send invites out uh, as well. You don't have to accept those invites, but it's always great to bring you up to the stage in case you feel like you want to share something. Um, we want to have great participation so we can learn from each other. There's a kite at the bottom corner that you'll see down there, which is a way that you can actually message us. You can also DM us as well. Um, so anyway, I'm really excited. I'm glad that everybody took time out of their Saturday morning to join us for this great topic about burnout. And I'm going to turn over to Kelly to talk about our recaps and kick off the topic. Yeah. So just a, a quick note. Um, I usually will post a link on, on LinkedIn. So in addition to kind of the clubhouse group, a lot of us are very active on LinkedIn. So highly recommend, you know, connecting there. That's where I'll actually post the link to our Substack website where we will share recaps as well as replays of these discussions so folks can listen to it offline. Um, and we always encourage, share it with someone who you think would benefit from this. Again, I, I learn something every time we get together. I always love this, this portion of kicking off my weekend. And so if you have others that you think would benefit, um, please share. So I'm going to kick off again, as Tamara mentioned, we have kind of hit on burnout previously. We've talked about it. It's something that comes up quite frequently. I think as, as more and more folks become well aware of, you know, as we think about going through a pandemic, but also just our values in life, burnout's one of those things that I think a lot more of us are becoming more acutely aware of. So I'm really excited to kind of dig more into this and talk about how we identify it. Um, how we manage it when it happens, and how we help those around us who are experiencing it. But before we jump in, I want to also start with one of my favorite parts of the day as well, which is our reflective moment of how the past week went. So I'm going to roundtable, and I'll start with Chuck. What's one word to kind of summarize your last week? Um, tired, I think, is one thing. I think uh, that Marshall could be um, jet lag. <laughs> um, but also just a little bit of... Um, um, yeah, just not really getting the traction around, you know, the job movement and kind of just the repetitive, repetitiveness of it. Um, a little bit like Groundhog's Day, I kind of go through the process interviewing, you know, getting a lot of interviews, but just not getting any traction. So, um, just looking to like kind of recharge, um, this weekend and, you know, hit the ground running next week, I guess. Absolutely. Yeah. We can, we can all relate. And I think many of us have gone through that that journey very recently as well. Um, and it's that balance of, and, and probably somewhat of what we'll talk about today, right? Some of those those hints that come up of, of when we're feeling tired and how we manage through that while continuing to stay focused on what we have to accomplish. Courtney. 
Um, I am going to pick learning. Um, some of you know this, you know, this week was one of my favorite events of the year, the DevOps Enterprise Summit. And um, it's just always packed full of uh, learning. And I was going to say exhausted, too, because it tends to come with, with that as well. Um, but just really great event to reconnect with some of the community and um, just took away a lot of learning. So that was wonderful week. and a good and a good tired as well. I think sometimes we all say that when there's these busy mentally, mentally challenging to teach you something new, meet other people, it can be tired, but you come out of it uh, gaining a lot, which is wonderful. Mako. I am driven this week. I, I don't know. I just feel totally energized, totally driven. Uh, I'm about two weeks into my new role, really loving everything that I'm seeing about it. Lots of opportunities to make some change. Uh, no, so it's great. I'm feeling really motivated and energized. Uh, you know, Chuck, I'll throw it out there. You know, I probably talked about maybe 30 to 40 companies before I decided on the right thing. So, or, you know, people or people didn't want me either. So I, I, I would just say it takes time, man. Yeah, don't settle. I mean, you really want to get something that's going to energize you, engage you, you know, like you say, be driven. That's grand, great to hear. Yeah, congrats, Mako. That's great to hear. Mark? Uh, for me, thankful. Um, <clears throat> things are, you know, coming together. Uh, appreciate my boss more than ever uh, at this point. And yeah, just super forward movement, working with great people now. And yeah, just very thankful this week. Wonderful. Great to hear. Sense of community is very important. That sense of community. That's fantastic. Tamsin. I'm going to go with frustrated. I had a pretty good week and then things kind of went sideways last night at, at, in my personal life. So I'm going to leave it at that and build on that next week. So I'm going to have a better answer for next week. All right. Well, it's welcome to life. We have ups and downs and they come in all, all shapes and forms and hit us on all sides. So it's going to happen to the best of us. So hopefully it, it gets better as the weekend goes on and into next week. Chad. So as you, many of you know, I, I had been on a job search for, for quite a bit of time. And uh, I, I've always used thankful, I guess, as a, a word. But, but I will say that it's also like with a little bit of trepidation because I went from not having a job to having three jobs in literally like a week. And it's a little overwhelming and a little bit crazy, but I'm very thankful for the uh, opportunities that have out of the blue landed all at once. When it rains, it pours. So there you go. That's good to hear. Good luck with your decision. Rebecca. Good morning. I think my word was already mentioned, but I was thinking this morning what my word would be, and I was thinking exhausted. And then I was excited to see the topic because I feel like as a leader, you know, I'm I'm feeling a little bit of burnout, but how to continue to keep that motivation for my team and make sure that they feel supported. So I'm looking forward to our conversation today. Absolutely. Glad to have you here. Artie. At the beginning, it started off as long, but towards the end, it, it turned into excitement because of next week is the last week I have before my wife and I get to go on an extended vacation. So I'm super excited and nothing can bring me down from a five. Fantastic. Oh, wow. it's, it's those people that you work with that are like that. They're like, really? 
<laughs> I'm happy for you, Artie. That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. It's wonderful. I got, we can't wait to hear about how your extended vacation goes. That's wonderful. Tamara. Uh, my word for the week, I would say, is rested. You know, I've been really struggling with um, getting really good sleep for some time, and I've made some real adjustments uh, to my 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 self-care as well as my work-life balance. And I feel like I'm starting to kind of find a little bit of a, of a niche, niche in that area. So I'm feeling much more rested. Oh, good. I think some of those tips might come in helpful for t- today's discussion as well. Um, for mine, I would say challenged in a really good way. I have um, one of the things that I really love about the work that I do is I usually get to work on very, very new kind of future thinking work. And I got a new assignment this week and I'm very excited. It's the first probably big assignment that I've gotten since I started my new role as I kind of completed about a month. Um, and so I'm feeling challenged, but in the best kind of way where I'm stepping into a space that I don't know very well but I get to learn something brand new. So uh, looking forward to continuing that journey. Thank you as always for participating on, uh, on that portion. Again, it's one of the things that I love. And again, always a reminder that it's important that we spend time reflecting. Um, it's very easy to get caught up on moving forward and planning for the future. We don't spend a lot of time always making time to look back at what's happening, even in the near term. So jumping into today's topic, um, what, one of the things we really want to talk about, as I mentioned, is you know, burnout's becoming something that we see much more readily being talked about both, I would say, in the news. We're seeing it talked about in multiple different industries. I think a lot of really, really uh, top of their game athletes have come out and talked about their experience with burnout. And so I thought it'd be really good for us to just spend today talking about, you know, some of the things that we can do to identify the early indicators of burnout, both for ourselves as well as seeing it within our teams, because I think that's a part of, you know, leaders and Rebecca hitting on that, you might experience burnout yourself. How do you lead through that when you have a team, but also how do you support your team who might be experiencing burnout? And then the last thing, you know, of course, tied to that is, you know, again, what are those resources? What are those things that you have done that have helped you manage it? Burnout will happen. I think we all have to be aware of that. We do our best to avoid it, but it's going to happen. It's going to happen to ourselves or others around us. And so really, how do we get prepared to see it? So I'm going to kind of open with all of that. And again, we're going to start with identifying what are the trends, what are the things that you see, and then what you can do about it. So as I give you all time to kind of process and think about that, I'm going to start with some of the things that I have seen in how burnout can show up. And I think some of these feel... um, very obvious, and some might be less obvious. So some of the things that I saw as I was thinking about this and reading different articles was, of course, number one, burnout can show up as exhaustion. You start to feel like maybe you're not sleeping as well. Maybe you're always tired. You don't really know why you're tired. Um, Even if you got a lot of sleep, you're still tired. Maybe you find yourself um, actually unmotivated. Maybe you are showing up at your work and in your job, and for some reason, you're having a hard time actually you know, staying on those tasks, or you know you have some work to do and you're kind of getting through it, but you just aren't finding yourself driven. You aren't finding that excitement, that motivation that moves you forward um, to do the work that's in front of you or think about kind of what's next from a critical thinking, strategic point of view. Maybe you actually sh- it shows up to you as a physical reaction. It's it's a sickness. Sometimes it can be nausea. Sometimes it can be muscle fatigue. Sometimes it's headaches. You know, they can show up actually in your physical body and reflecting that something might be going on. 
It can also be, which I thought was an interesting one too, boredom. Um, maybe you're going through your day and you find that you're lacking that joy, you're lacking excitement, you're not really looking forward to the things that you're doing, and you're just inherently bored, even if you feel like oh, this should be a really fun project for me to work on. It should be a fun task, but I'm just not finding any joy in it. So those are some of the things that as I was looking, immediately kind of you know stood out as some of the ways that we can start to see burnout show up. I would love to kind of open it to the floor. Are there some things that you have experienced or seen in how burnout shows up either again for yourself or how you've seen it show up for others? So I'll pause there to hear if there's anything that you, you all have seen. And Kelly, before we go open it all the way up, I just also want to add to that list is cynicism. This is the other one that was sort of the common thread for me in my research is just, and, and all, I've actually experienced that too, is the cynicism where you, you know, you're just cynical at work, you know, or you're, you just don't have the same, tolerance for being open and listening and really, you know, being uh, in, in a good headspace in terms of dealing with problems or dealing with your team members or dealing, dealing with peers. I would just add that cynicism as well. Yeah, I think it's a great point. And especially, I think that's an important, important piece to look at when you think about, you know, some of the, the items that we're talking about from the lens of self, how it shows up in your team. Right. And I think cynicism can be a big way that if you're watching the behavior of your team, when you start to see a lot of cynicism and pessimism coming in, um, maybe complaining with no focus on outcome or solution. These are some of the behavioral things that can show up. And if you see it in yourself or you see it around you, it can really be an indication that burnout starting to occur. Um, and again, these are signals that, uh, that tell us we have to act. We have to change something. And as we kind of spend time here, we'll talk about what are the things that we can do you know, but staying on the track of, of how it shows up, I think it's a fantastic, you know, reminder. I think also with our teams, when we start to see behaviors like um, less engagement, maybe speaking up less, maybe um, still getting the job done, but not really leaning forward, not really kind of showing up with an enthusiasm. Again, that pessimism, cynicism can kind of start to, to kick in. Are there other things that other folks have seen, again, in how you know, burnout has shown up for you or others around you? What are some of the indicators that you've seen for yourself? Yeah, I think um, one of the things that I noticed when I I took a role back in 2018 was I knew the team had some morale concerns um, when I was talking to the director and, and, and sort of what to address when I was brought into the team, but I didn't realize nearly the extent of it. Um, what I saw was, you know, what we traditionally think of from a burnout perspective is overload. I did see some situations from like before I came into the team where they were supporting projects and they were working later hours because they were working and providing support to a West Coast team. Um, so that created some issues where a lot of the work and deployments were being done like after hours on the East Coast. But then it as that sort of waned, it wasn't so much of that. It was more about uh, role ambiguity or team ambiguity um, and um, kind of workflow chaos. Um, and that had an impact where the team was, I saw the cynicism kind of creep in, um, tiredness, you know, like, you know, people questioning whether they wanted to stay in technology. Um, and, you know, one person had to take an extended time off and, um, and, and took uh, several weeks off. We worked with HR around this, kind of built out something for him specifically, you know, to work through that. And some of the things that we had to work on, 
you know, just a, a, as a whole in the team was the system, you know, part of the system of how we were working and what we were doing as a team to really help, you know, bring others along as well. Um, so it, it was a really good exposure to some of the non-traditional, you know, I, I guess shifting away from what we think of typically was burnout, just pure overload, right? You know, working a significant amount of extra time, but um, but really get into like the you know, ambiguity and purpose and, and focus. Yeah, I was just going to throw on there too. You know, Chuck, you started to mention this. I think there's a difference between overload and burnout. I mean, and, and, and you know, burnout can be something that lasts for many, many months, you know, many, or years. I mean, I've, you know, talked to the folks that, you know, have been in a state of not a really great place for a very long time. And I think it's just important to recognize, you know, there's, there's, you know, there's some, you know, aspect of taking a step back and, and redistributing work, but, you know, sometimes it, it can, really manifest in some pretty serious health things manifest in some pretty psych, you know, big psychological things, um, in just exhaustion. And, you know, it's just something that, you know, I mean, when you hit real bad burnout, it, it's, it's bad and it, it can take a long time to recover from that stuff. And I would just kind of add to that, you know, there is, there, there's, there's a business model out there, you know, that has, has been pervasive around, you know, Hey, come over here. We'll give you some money. We'll give you good money. We'll give you stock options. But the, the trade-off is you have no life. You know, you're going to sack everything. You're going to be available 24-7. It's going to be a marathon. And, and to your point, you know, once that it, it starts to creep in slowly, these little signs of like, you know, I'm really tired all the time or, oh, God, I got to go to work again. And over time, that can just turn into a very big problem where then it's not really sustainable to get back into say the same industry or the same type of a job because it's just going to come right back even if you take time off yeah one of the things that i was thinking about of two different lenses of when i think of others what i've seen that behavior is a lot of critical and critical responses so everything's bad you start to get the, you know, the gossip, you start to get those things because people are starting to become disengaged is one thing that I've seen in my career. And then when I reflect to myself, it's, I start to have more existential conversations with myself of deep reflection of what am I doing? Why am I here? Like, what do I want to do in my life? And so that's when I usually feel a sign of, okay, a change might need to be made because when I'm firing on all cylinders, I don't have any of those thoughts that go through my head. Exactly. So, you know, earlier I mentioned um, the DevOps Enterprise Summit. I was just, I was just looking this up. Um, Dr. Christina Maslock, I don't know if many are familiar with her. Um, She was a, she was part of the Stanford experiment, but um, she has done a ton of, research on burnout and has done a bunch of really great talks that Kelly, I'll, I'll send you to put in the, um, the recap. Um, but it's just a really interesting, like she talks about the components of burnout and then just, you know, how you think about that from a, just, you know, exhaustion and disengagement and a lot of things along those lines. So I think it's a, it's a good resource for, kind of understanding and maybe thinking about ways to navigate it. Fantastic. Thank you. Yeah, I think it's, you know, great points. And I think one of the ones that that folks have hit on and that I definitely know that 
that I've seen, you know, in, in some of the, the, the things that I've been reading. And if I think about myself personally, is I think also being aware of, and I think Artie was kind of hitting on this too, you know, some of the, the behaviors, but also some of the emotions that come up, right? And I think this can show up in multiple ways. And so I think, you know, it can be that maybe you're more short-tempered. Maybe you're, you, you find yourself getting angry, uh, quite frequently, very easily, even when it's probably unnecessary, or you might get to the point where it might show up for you as you get emotional to the point where you feel like you are on the you know verge of crying, right? These are all to, and I think Mako, you hit on this is you know the the whole objective of us even kind of talking here is starting to see those signs and signals early because it can become something that once you get to a point where you really are hitting an extreme, you know, case of burnout and you're in it for a while, it can be really hard to come out of it. And I think some of the risks of of burnout can be, you know, of course, all the negative effects of all the things that we're talking about. But I think you can start to also see the impact of, you know, really becoming, you know, very, you know, um, almost, you know, again, the extreme lack of focus on kind of your career and what you're trying to do and really becoming disengaged there, but also starting to see even the impacts of things we've talked about here, like imposter syndrome of, well, maybe I'm just, you know, it's not worth trying in this, right? Maybe this isn't something that I should actually be doing. Maybe I'm not good at this. And I think these are all the negative effects that the more that that negative thinking can kind of sink in as a result of some of this, that can be really, really hard to unpack. You know, maybe you're kind of like, that can be, you know, weeks, months longer to try to undo that. So it's really important that, you know, both for ourselves or others, we're just talking about modeling behavior. So start with ourselves, understanding, you know, who we are and when we see those signals in ourselves that we respond instead of ignoring it, right? And, and I'm sure, you know, Tamara being in the health, you know, healthcare can I'll probably talk about this as well. You know, quite frequently, you know, even our physical body gives us signals when something's going on that might be more psychological or mental. And it's about us paying attention and doing something instead of ignoring it and saying, oh, that's probably just something that's happening. And I don't need to actually change anything about my lifestyle. I don't need to change what I'm doing. Um, and it's really important, again, that we pay attention, if it's, even if it's small or minor, so that we can get ahead of it before it becomes an extreme and really difficult to correct. Oh, yeah. And, you know, in the healthcare field, you know, COVID, we're, we're going on almost two years now of unrelenting, just the, the gas pedal all the way down with a lot of my peers that I work with. And it's just not sustainable. And now you're starting to see people who are saying, I'm getting out of medicine. I'm not going to be a doctor anymore. Or I'm not going to do nursing anymore. They're just, it, it's, it's taken its toll, which is quite the extreme. You know, that's the real extreme. But, you know, I think that in the long run, there's sort of six areas I think of when I, when I think about burnout and all the things that I've been reading and looking at. But it's about the, it's the workload, the demand. You know, in healthcare, you can only imagine the demand. Not enough resources, not enough doctors, not enough nurses. Then you bring in all these travelers that you have to now train. They got a different work ethic. They worked in different states, et cetera. But the workload demand, and often many of us can relate to that where, you know, you got three, three job openings you're trying to recruit for and you're not getting qualified candidates or you're having to bring in temporary help that really isn't able to operate at the level you need. And then, of course, the second one would be around control and autonomy, the ability to have autonomy, the, the ability to innovate, that you have people you work with around you, above you, below you, where that support you being you know, innovative and creative and, and creating things. And then the other piece is around reward or recognition. And it's not really always a money type thing or anything that's, you know, 
that you can touch as much as it is just being recognized for your work and maybe being, um, you know, uh, promoted potentially or something of that nature. Uh, A lot of times people feel that being noticed is very insufficient. And then, of course, the work, the, the work community, you know, feeling supported and feeling trust. And I, and I see a lot of mistrust these days. A lot of, you know, people don't speak up. You know, people are, don't, you know, hey, I can't show my weaknesses. I have to be tough at all times. I can't, you know, I can't say I'm tired. I can't say I need a day off. I've got to be tough. I've got to be in there in order to be recognized. And then they don't get recognized on top of all that. And I think that fairness kind of kind of bleeds into what I just said around opportunity, you know, for promotional opportunities or glass ceiling above you. These types of things can slowly erode away, you know, at the um, your your motivation, your engagement at work. And then finally, I would just hit with values. You know, why am I doing what I'm doing? Am I able to make a contribution? Is my contribution recognized? And when you start to have value conflict, it's like, Eh, you know, I don't really want to go to work anymore. I really am not finding this motivational. I'm not really finding the joy. And I want to share one resource, which is a book called Dying for a Paycheck. And it's How Modern Management Harms Employee Health and Company Performance by Jay Pfeiffer. We'll put that in our resources. But that's another really great book or resource to look at when you're looking at this. Before I close and hand the mic back over, I just want to also say, I think it's really important, and I've seen this myself, is not only within your team and not only within yourself, but also those around you, peers, your boss, um, you know, within your family is keeping your eye out and noticing when you see that with other people. I mean, how many times have you been in the meeting and you have negative Nelly in there or somebody who's going to argue every point? That is a absolute sign that something's going on with that person and maybe reaching out to them or, you know, trying to show some support for them may help them. So I'm going to hand the mic back over. Yeah, those are all really great points. So go ahead. I think that was Chad. Yes, it was. Sorry. Thank you. Um, I I think that I agree completely, absolutely completely on on all those fronts. I think also that uh, when you go through a, a long, say, job search, one of the things that you run into on a very frequent basis is burnout. And yet, at least I have felt like, I've seen it happen like every week, sometimes twice a week, where it'd be like, ah, we're, I've hit that that point where I can't move forward. And one of the things I have found I have done is is I have gone, okay, we've hit that 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 brick wall, cool. We're gonna give it some space, like an hour or two or whatever, to just sort of just shake it off as much as I can, and then try to do one little thing or one little action or one little step forward to kind of get away from that after that sort of cool down period. And that has been something that's really been helpful in my battle with burnout as it's come up from time to time. And I want to tag onto that, Chad and and Chuck, because, you know, I I may have mentioned this in in past discussions, but uh, in 2020, early 2020, I was my position was eliminated based on consolidation within my company related to COVID. And I think that one of the things that that also hits when it comes to job searching and you're really looking for the right thing and you feel like you're kind of hitting a dead end everywhere is really that that can hit really hard, hit your confidence, you know, your own viewpoint of yourself and how valuable you are. And I think it's real important to, um, 
to identify that, to recognize it, as Kelly said, the imposter syndrome or the, the, the things that we tell ourselves around that and not to let that define you because, um, uh, I'm sorry, just forgot who said it. Um, hang on. The person who got, oh, oh, Chad, it was you who said all of a sudden, you know, you had all these, all these job opportunities that came at you, you know, it, it will happen, but you just got to keep from letting yourself let your confidence be dashed as a result of that. Or even if something happens within your job where, you know, you get sideways with somebody or whatever is, is focus on the resolution, focus on the, the solution and, and trying to find common ground with that person rather than letting it dash your confidence. Cause that can be another, uh, another, what do I want to say? Tick mark, you know, on your burnout. If you're already feeling some of those other symptoms we talked about before. Oh, oh, and just to tag on to that briefly, one way to help to avoid that burnout and, and lack of confidence, I'm, I'm sorry, is, is to use a concept that is often discussed in this very group, which I love, which is working with your personal board of directors, because they will give you that feedback and help you keep you boosted and keep you up and running. Yeah, all fantastic points and a, and a fantastic segue actually into, you know, what do you do? kind of when you experience burnout, how do you come out of it? Like, how do you deal with it? And I think we're trying to hit on that a little bit, right? Which is, you know, Chad, what you just said, right? You know, working with your personal board of directors. If you don't have one, get one, but also find communities, find communities that you can talk to and you can engage with. Um, no matter what's going on in your life, I think sometimes just having places that you can go and learn from others and talk and be feel safe and be vulnerable and talk about what's going on is really incredibly powerful. So I would say those are, those are two immediate, you know, things that we can do. I think one of the other things that I would throw out is, um, you know, is really spending this time on, you know, what actually I'm going to give a shout out to, to Mako's newsletter. He talked about it, which is, you know, this idea of kind of really what are your values and what is your kind of personal mission statement? I love the concept of the personal mission statement because it's, it feels very intentional for me to think about that. But it does come down to really being clear on what your values are, what you really care about. Right. Because then, you know, burnout, sometimes again, those signals that show up will be when you start to get very much out of alignment with kind of what you actually care about, what you really value. And it's important that we continue to recalibrate continuously for ourselves on what actually matters, not only for the work that we're doing, but for ourselves and what brings us joy. And, and related to that, I would say something that, you know, Chad, you kind of started to hit on this is when you're experiencing burnout, and I know for myself, when, when I start to feel some of the, the indicators uh, that are leading towards, you know, burnout is sometimes stepping away from the situation and just doing something that really brings you joy. That's really fun for you. And if you don't know what's fun for you, then it might be time to go out and start to play and explore a little bit, but find something that is really easy for you. It reduces stress. That could be, you know, any number of things. It could be, maybe you love going out for hikes. Maybe you love going for runs. Maybe you like playing video games. Maybe you like dancing, maybe you like singing, whatever the thing is that you really enjoy you can give yourself complete freedom to do with no pressure and no expectation. Sometimes when you get to those moments where you feel like you've hit a wall, go do that. Take a break, even if it's just five minutes. And it gives you that moment of separation to step out of this moment, give yourself a break, have a little fun, introduce some joy back in. And then you can also potentially look back again to that lens of, of values. Why am I feeling the way that I am? Why am I reacting the way that I am? 
does something really need to change or am I just having a bad day? So I, those are some of the things that I would throw out there, but I would love to hear from others. What are some of the things that you've done when you have experienced burnout or seen it around others? What advice have you given them to start to, to come out of it, to manage through it, or to maybe make bigger changes because it's something that's very real that's happening? I, I touched on this one a little bit this week, but I think a big part for me has been really getting a better understanding that things are more in your control than you realize, you know, and there's, there's things that are going to happen outside of your control that you just can't deal with. And so, you, you know, you just kind of got to let go of those things, but there's actually, you know, more that you can control about your situation. You know, I, I, I get a lot of pings from folks and, you know, they're unhappy with something or, you know, they don't like their work situation or whatever, and they don't end up doing anything about it. You know, to be honest with you, you know, it's like, it's, it's a little frustrating when you get a lot of complaining, but you know, the, you know, to me, it's kind of like, well, make the change then. You know, and it's like, well, I can't because of X, Y, or Z, but it's like, okay, well then stop complaining about it. <laughs> like, you know, it's, just, I guess, I guess it's sort of the realization that people need to have that often that you want to, you know, you want to create options for yourself and you want to be able to, uh, be able to pivot and move, uh, you know, to do the things that you want to do that are, you know, more in line with the things that, you know, make you happy or not going to cause those burnout things. Uh, but I think, you know, when you're in a state of burnout too, you, things feel overwhelming around you. You know, it's like, you, you know, you feel like you, you are not in control, but that that's the thing is I think to lens back in and you, you know, ultimately you're in control of your own destiny. Yeah. I would just add to that. You know, if we're, if we're experiencing any level of burnout, you know, we're, we have to be very cognizant of the fact that our team is maybe watching us work through lunch work long hours. We're there before they get there. We're there when they leave. You know, we have to remember too, that we have to show them what that's about and talk about it. I do that with my team a lot, but when they get all stressed out or something's going on, I, I remind them, this is work. This is not life. Work is not life. You want to work to live, not live to work. And I always remind them, you know, you have to give yourself permission to eat lunch, to take a break. I can't tell you how many times I'll ask my team, have you had lunch yet? And it's two o'clock in the afternoon and they haven't. And so I have to remind them it's important to take care of yourself. It's important to make sure you have healthy boundaries and that you turn off your phone, that you don't answer when you're sitting there eating your lunch. Um, I wanted to share a quick analogy or a quick story with you guys around this. And it's very brief, but there's a, you know, a, a group of people walking around and they go up, come up to this river and they see this baby in the middle of the river that's coming towards a waterfall. And they all run out there. They're figuring out how to go save this baby. And they go save the baby and pull the baby back to shore. And pretty soon they look and here comes another baby. And they're going out there and they get the baby again. And pretty sure that pretty soon they see some more babies coming. And they start gathering more people to go out and save these babies. And they're going out there to save the babies. And all of a sudden, you know, more babies are coming. They look and several people leave. And they're going, where are you going? Where are you going? They're say, they said, we're going to go upstream to find out what bastards are throwing these babies into the, into the water. And the whole point is about looking at what things may be contributing to it that you can maybe solve so that you can stop that, that flow of, of stress that's coming at you. But like I say, I think it's important, again, I just want to reiterate that we as leaders have to be showing people how to take care of ourselves and showing our teams and our peers, you know, healthy boundaries so that we can, uh, that we have a better work-life balance and they do as well.
Yeah, I totally agree. And I think the boundaries piece is such a fundamental kind of number one thing that you can immediately do. And, you know, I think Mako, I, I credit you, I think you brought this up in one of our past conversations, which is, you know, the idea of, of time blocking on your calendar to create those boundaries, the immovable time on your calendar. Um, and, and if you can't do that today, then fast, you know, go out, go out further in your calendar and find a time where it starts to look like it's maybe enough in the future, there's some space there and start. Because you will get to that point at some point, and then you will at least start to have, you know, build that habit. But I think there are small things that we can do. And I think it's Tamara, to your point, uh, I was reminding someone even this week that I was talking to you about having healthy boundaries and knowing that there will always be more work. And you have to know how to to stop and to take a break and take care of yourself. Because if you, if you, you know, burn yourself out, then you, you're not, you're not good to yourself or anybody else. Like it's not going to make you more successful to burn yourself out. So make sure you're doing that and understand that, you know, to your point that it is modeling behavior. What are you as a leader demonstrating to your team? How are you showing up? And they're going to model what you're doing. What is an expectation for success is the behavior that you're showing and demonstrating. So it's really important that we start with the, the, the first number one, which is really setting healthy boundaries and, you know, make it to your point, you know, which I think is so, is so important is that we do have so much control that we can actually change our lives. If something's not working, it's up to us to change it. It's not up to somebody else to change it for us. And I think one of the tools that I've used recently in, in um, one of the, the communities that I'm a part of was really tied to values. And we had to go through an exercise where we just took a sheet of paper and, you know, we, we do the exercise of asking ourselves kind of what do we value and pick three things. Don't go crazy and have to have a list of, you know, 10, 15, 20, just three things that you really value. And then look at how you spend the time in an average day and reflect on whether or not the things that you're spending your time on actually align to the things that you said were your values. And it's a very easy exercise to go through, but it starts that process of really reflecting on how you spend your time, what you value, which then leads into where do you potentially need to adjust and create some boundaries on how you are spending your time to better align with what you actually care about. And those are the kind of small changes you can make. You know, if you have pretty extreme, you know, changes, some people get to a case where they have to change jobs and that, you know, embrace the discomfort of that. But there's a lot of really small, fine tuned changes that we can all make that can help us alleviate and avoid getting to the point of burnout. All right. If nobody has a, a, a thought immediately on, on alleviating burnout, one of the things that I did want to hit on um, twofold, and Rebecca kind of hit on this, which is, you know, how we're kind of hitting on how do you manage, you know, dealing with it yourself as a leader for others. But I've also wondered if anybody's experienced a situation where maybe you've had one team member on a larger team that is experiencing burnout and how you manage helping and supporting them without necessarily potentially hurting you, the rest of your team. This is really, I think, one of the fundamental challenges of leadership is, you know, providing individual leadership as well as group leadership and balancing between the demands of the individual and the collective. So, you know, as, I, as I'm kind of, you know, putting that out there and again, letting you all have, have a minute to kind of think through that, you know, I think this is one of the areas that, that's come up and I've, I've heard this question before. And I think, you know, going back to, you know, previous part of this conversation is first identifying when you start to see that behavior showing up, we've hit on that, which is maybe someone in the room is less engaged. Maybe they're not speaking up as much. Maybe they're 
they're really super negative, right? Maybe they really think everything is a bad idea and, and it's no longer constructive, but how do we kind of work through with those individuals that are going through that when, when we still may have other team members that are very engaged and they're not experiencing burnout and they're doing, they're doing, you know, fine. And they're, and to, I think Mako's point, maybe there's the difference here and you have people that are feeling overloaded versus burnout, but really kind of seeing those indicators, what are some things that leaders have done to help manage those individuals through that while also supporting the rest of the organization? I'll share one that I had. Uh, I actually have a, um, a staff member who I believe, I know, and she agrees, thrives on chaos. Just, you know, victimism and also chaos. And I, you know, I, I have a lot of people that come to me about her, about the, she can be very negative, et cetera, all the signs of burnout, right? And, uh, and I've done this with other people, but I'm just using this as an example, but um I really sat down with her and I think it's about the finesse of the conversation too. You don't want to offend people. You don't want people to, you don't want to contribute to their, to their confidence level or anything as, as well. You have to really have a finesse about it. But I, I kind of, I, I, I found a really perfect moment to tell her, you know, you know, it kind of seems to me as though, you know, you kind of thrive on chaos. If there's not some chaos going on or isn't some level of problem problems out of control, you know, it's, that's what you seem to really thrive on. And she actually acknowledged that it was. And at that point gave me the opportunity to talk to her about things she might do to break the the cycle or break the habit that she had of of thriving in that situation, which was really a recipe for disaster. It was a recipe for her going straight into burnout, which I believe she already is a little bit in anyway. And, um, and so really talking through, you know, number one, the healthy boundary piece. And also, you know, this particular individual uh, is just at everyone's beck and call. She will tell me I'm walking out the door to go to go to my car and a doctor's, oh, come back, come back. I got this problem. And I told her, you know, you have to be able to say, I'm off and I'm going home. I'm sorry, I can't help you. Or, you know, find a way to, to, to let them down gently, but don't go back in and start solving the problem again. Um, and I don't know if it's maybe just a sense of her, her um, uh, need to be needed or her, you know, or, or just the, the basic habit of, of loving to live in, in, in a state of chaos, which then allows her to be a victim, right? Oh, I'm never going to work like this again, or I'm going to quit my job or whatever. So kind of trying to help her recognize it, to see it, and then to giving, trying to give her permission or helping to give her some tools to find a way to start to break the habit of, of just being at everyone's beck and call and just saying yes to everybody and not knowing how to say no um, and, uh, and I'm just kind of, uh, I'm just kind of starting to work with this individual on this, but, uh, I think at least just getting her to acknowledge from the conversation that, yeah, you're right. You know, I am doing this is just the first step to her, maybe finding a, a better work-life balance. Yeah, I think it's a great example. And I think what you hit on is really important that I, I made a note of, which is, I think, important both for ourselves as individuals as well for others is we have to all get comfortable saying no. You have to know. And again, it goes back to values, what's actually important, what's important to you. It's also important to the work and know when it's that when it's time to say no, that's enough or that's I'm not going to do that. That's not the right thing for me to do. That's not important or that's not in alignment. And I think it's really can be very challenging at times when you know, and I think to your example, Tamara, I think it's also, you know, sometimes people get into those states because 
they have been, you know, rewarded for being the savior, right? To always kind of swoop it in and saving the day because often a lot of cultures, and I have seen it, that has been rewarded. And that is what, you know, is glorified, right? You see a lot of articles about the way that the grind is is glorified, right? Working so much, always available and the busy, the busy aspect of I just, you know, we talked about I have meetings all day long and I have no time to do anything and I'm working nonstop and how sometimes that can be the thing that people are equating in their mind to success and the the negative impact of defining success that way for any of us or for our teams is ultimately burnout because it's not sustainable. So I think there's there's some really great aspects that you brought up. And what I would add, in addition to having a conversation with an individual on your team that might be experiencing burnout or be on their way to burnout, um, providing them the tools, I think there's also a powerful moment to, you know, working with your team collectively. So even if it is one person, I think there's so much more that can be benefited when you also find ways to to make time with your team, to carve out times to talk about you know, healthy boundaries and how we work as a team and what success looks like and what's important. And I think we as leaders, the more that we can provide, you know, clarity on roles, clarity on responsibilities, help our teams feel empowered. Some of the things that you hit on, Tamara, earlier, right? Provide autonomy, a, pl- a place of trust and transparency. These are all the ways that we can we can help folks, you know, feel feel safe, feel supported, and that way they can come to us if they need help because they're overloaded or they're on their way to burnout. But I think that when the, when that starts to happen, the more that we can also use that, not only to coach those individuals, but to coach our collective teams, it can really be powerful for them to support each other, but also hopefully continue to avoid it for themselves. Yeah, one of the strategies that I've been doing, I've never done this for those that know me, but uh, they're gonna be shocked. I don't have work email on my phone. I don't have work email on my personal laptop. I don't have it on my iPad. Really, it sits on my work laptop at five o'clock. That laptop gets shut. I leave it in my office and I don't look at it again until the next morning. And I, I know it's crazy, but uh, I'm trying it and it's it's great. It's great. And just on the calendar piece of that, I would also agree, like block the calendar. I always tell my team, like if you are all day in meetings and there is absolutely something wrong. Like there's, there, there's that you should not be in that. And if, you know, you should feel free if a meeting hits your calendar without an objective or without an agenda or a set of goals, or there's a thousand people in the meeting, like don't go you know, me as your leader, as the shield, like I'll, I'll defend it. And, uh, you know, it, it, you got to provide that support because time, you know, that's 40 hours a week. Your time is the most valuable asset. Right. And, and that's the thing is you got to learn to spend spend that time wisely. And, uh, you know, I think a lot of times in organizations, people feel by, you know, there's a difference between perceived busyness and real busyness. Right. And, and you know, sometimes like people are just running around in meetings all day. It's really not busy. It's just it's a stress. You know, I don't know. Yeah. All of that was great. Yeah, and I would also, I would tap into that and say, turn your phone off. <laughs> That's another thing that I do. I don't have any of this stuff on my, on my, all my work stuff is on my work devices, not my, my personal devices as well. So I, I appreciate that. But I also turn my phone off like at night. So I sleep well. I don't want my phone ringing. I don't want it pinging. I don't want to do nothing. And oftentimes out of the room totally so that I can have a good night's rest. Yeah, I think that's all fantastic, fantastic advice. And I agree. I, my phone is no longer in my room. I, I sleep with it outside of my room. So even 
regardless of work, I don't find myself waking up and the first thing I do is start looking at my phone. These are all habits which can help us again create healthy boundaries and and make sure that we're again also, you know, that's a, a big part, right, of always kind of being connected as can really help from a mental health perspective as well, which is again a big part of this. Chuck, did you want to add something as well? Yeah, yeah. I was just thinking about, you know, your the question around you know, how do, how do these things impact the teams? And, you know, I think I was fortunate in that, um, you know, the, the, I've had, I, I got sort of a second situation a little bit with an employee who took, um, off some extended time, uh, extended vacation this year, partially because they were frustrated, um, about, um, the company enacted a policy around if you went to go visit family, internationally you couldn't um piggyback time like work remote work on top of that anymore unless you had an extreme situation and so this person has both a partner and family abroad and so they took off some additional time and just completely disconnected and really just needed time to think and reflect on what they want to do and but i think about the team dynamics like um you know i've seen i've heard i've read and seen this in various talks where the climate and uh, within the team and the manager experience that the person has, um, and then also the culture around them, you know, um, is you know, plays a role in burnout, but also I think in team adaptability to situations. And there has been no resentment on our team from these situations, both a few years ago and recently that someone took extended time off. You know, people were accepting of different situations and even more so now with COVID that, you know, there's so many different variables that people have had to experience. Um, but I think that plays into just the, the team dynamics, the psychological safety, the capability of the team to perform as a team. And if someone has to step away for whatever reason it is, um, the team is still going to function um, and perhaps even come back even healthier as a whole uh, as individuals take care of themselves. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think all, all points that are really powerful. And again, I, again, I think as, as we think about the collective to that point of like, as we as a team all supporting each other. And so when someone needs to take time off, you know, we all, we all understand that. And again, we, we have a, that, that shows a real team, you know, dynamic of, of, you know, of, of a very, you know, safe culture, very much built on that idea of trust and having each other's back, which I think is really incredibly powerful and in what we should kind of all be striving for versus, that kind of inner competitiveness that could come out, which is, well, why are they getting time off? Because I'm over here killing myself. So it's like, well, no, maybe you need yeah. to take time off. Like we, and that's where we as leaders, right, can provide that clarity and that support for our entire team to enable everyone to support each other in having a life and having those boundaries and taking time off that makes us all more successful as a team. Yeah, you know, yeah, Kelly, I, oh, oh, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to um, say really quick. I was going to say really quick. Mark Mark had used to have the the greatest team builder thing in his office, which was a kegerator. Different kind of team building. <laughs> uh, it was awesome. Friday afternoons with Little Caesar dollar or five dollar pizza and beer, and that brought a lot of people on the floor together. In addition to the team, so yeah, I, you know, actually, real quick, and then Chuck yeah, probably like, we'll come back to you. I think I will hit really quickly. You know, oh, yeah. there is, we all know fundamentally the power of breaking bread, that there is an importance that we just also have a good time with our team, take a break, break bread together, eat a meal, whatever it is, but give everyone a chance to just take a break, relax a little bit, 
and also just connect on a human level is so powerful. Chuck, go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say, I think earlier um, when the conversation kicked off, um, I think I think it was Tamara, but I'm not positive. But, you know, just the reference to we're seeing a lot more of this play into professional sports where people are talking about burnout, but also just mental health. And before, you know, people were benched or cut or penalized somehow, you know, and they weren't considered strong enough. But now they're, you know, recognizing this more and more and seeing this as, you know, you see the support more from, you know, the, the players on the teams and, and the, the management of these teams. as well. 100%. Well, and again, yeah, I think it's a, it's a really good point. And I, I think it's especially interesting, you know, again, with athletes. And I think to echo your point, Chuck, is, you know, it's actually, you know, especially when you think about, you know, the physical demands of an athlete, especially going someone who's you know, at the top of their game, that takes a step back. The power of that to, the, again, the vulnerability, but it's reinforcing, again, all the different analogies that are very real about those rest days are as important as the days that you're working out, right? It's, it, you need to take the break in order to even actually perform better. And I think we have to kind of all embrace that because, again, there's a lot and I'm happy to see more of this becoming out publicly, but there's a lot still within our society that tells us that the grind is success, you know, constant work that is success, you know, constantly striving at any cost, making something happen. And I think the more that we start to embrace this balance, both what we're doing professionally, how we're giving to others, how we're caring for ourselves, how we're investing the things that bring us joy and happiness, as well as provide financial success. These are all, you know, again, and your, your, your pie, right. Your list might look differently than what I just articulated, but the more that we see that it, these are all components of our lives and give ourselves permission to take breaks and to do things for the joy of it, or to just rest, you know, to be lazy, which can be such a negative term, but it's important for us to just give ourselves a break. And that can actually make us far more successful. It gives us far more room to be creative to be inspired, to have new ideas, and to really be able to do more and, again, raise our game. But we have to take those breaks. And, and I'm glad to see it coming out more, even though it's still something I think we have a lot of work to do. I was going to say, take a, take a weekend and just do a movie week. And, and you said, the, said a critical word there, Kelly, around lazy, you know, and, and, and doing some reading and research on my own is that laziness, people who are lazy are happy being lazy. Like they are like that all the time. People who are in burnout, they, they are not happy when they're laying around. They're not, they don't even, they don't feel like they even have the right to do it. So it's not, and it's not a chronic thing. They might just take a day. And I, I, I say this for myself, even sometimes I'll just take a day where I'll sit and watch movies or whatever, but I'm still restless. My husband says, you just don't know how to just give yourself permission to rest. You need to rest. You get up really early in the morning. And you don't get a lot of sleep. You need to just rest and giving yourself that permission to rest. But it is not laziness. And so I think this might be a really good uh, transition, Kelly, that we maybe move into some, with our last four minutes, move into some resources to maybe share. You know, people have different resources. I have a couple. One I wanted to uh, share that maybe some of you might know about. But has anyone heard about the Blue Zones? by Dan Butner. This is something that my company, just my, the president of our company just sent out to, um, to our entire, uh, our entire team basically was that they're going to give us the book for free, that they have a whole strategy on people um, taking advantage of this, this uh, living longer, healthy life, work-life balance, et cetera. Hopefully it's not just, you know, 
words, but actually there'll be some action behind it. But um, I don't know if anyone's heard of that. That's one resource I wanted to share. I wanted to share, I want to tag on to Artie, who's Mr. Excitement right now, is to book a future getaway or something to look forward, either it's a vacation or just a quick getaway. Book something so you can look forward to it. That can really be motivational for you as well. Obviously, meditation, body work, whether that's yoga, running, whatever you enjoy. And I, I'm also a big proponent of affirmations. You know, if you can just do affirmations each day, that can be very, very powerful in your life because it does start to take hold if you put that out there into the world. I'm going to turn the mic back over to others. I, I would say uh, I really, re- I really, I read this really wise post about crafting a, a personal <laughs> mission statement. I, I, I would probably a really good thing to do. Yes, I'll give Mako that shout out again. I will share. I'll include his his newsletter. If you're not following, I highly recommend you do. I always I always really enjoy it in all seriousness. Um, but yeah, the personal mission statement is a fantastic resource. Chad reminded as well um, that, and I'm gonna again, I'm gonna give I'm gonna give it to Mako because he did a write up on the personal board of directors. So there's a couple good resources there, um, and I'll include. I know from myself, I've mentioned it before. I've become a big fan of yoga. Um, even just, you could do 10 minutes a day, start small. Sometimes we give ourselves really, really big goals that then you know are really hard to achieve. Start, start small. 10 minutes a day of yoga can be really, really powerful. And I follow yoga by Cassandra. Um, and then I think there's a lot of meditation apps out there, be it Calm, um, Headspace. But again, start small, even if it's just a few minutes, it can be under five minutes, some, some ways of starting to create some space, which I think those all really help us in getting clarity along with that, that, that personal mission statement on what is it that you really care about? Um, and really then start to ask yourself what needs to change in your life and to really embrace the fact that you have more control, you know, as, as Mako hit on earlier, you have a lot more control than you often think that you do. So embrace that if a change needs to happen, it's within your control to make it happen. Love it. Wonderful. Any other closing thoughts, any other resources top of mind? If you think of something separately, send it over to me. You can find me on LinkedIn. You can message me here, send it to Tamara and I'll be happy to include it. Um, But we're just about out of time. We're in our our last minute here. It's flown by and I always really enjoy spending an hour out of uh, our Saturday with you all. So thank you for joining. All right. With that, Tamara, do you want to close us with a quote? And if you are there, you're on mute still. So I cannot hear you. Oh, I'm so sorry. I was saying carpe diem. You know, every day is carpe diem. Seize the day, make it joyful, make it meaningful for yourself. You know, I don't have a specific quote. I would just say that if somebody asks you about what is your best day, it shouldn't be. it's, it's, It's the best day is when nothing bad happens. It should be full of joy. Um, and, and again, it's all about all the things we talked about. So, um, anyway, I, I'm not going to give you any, any kind of a quote today, but we'll post a lot of these resources. I, I have that other book about dying to, for a paycheck. Thank you for taking time out of your Saturday morning to be here, to share your, your experiences, your wisdom, your, your insights and, uh, go out and lead with confidence and clarity. Thank you. Thank everyone. you everyone. Have a great day. Good to see you all. Thank you.